Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. Another week. How are you doing? Yo, yo. I am doing well. Just, uh, I'm feeling proud because I just sent out my uh, monthly investor update only eight days late this time. I think last <laughs> month it was 15 days late. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I was actually, I was, my goal was to do, to get that out right before we recorded. Uh, and then I went a little bit late with my call with Derek and I forgot about the podcast I wanted to get out today for everything is marketing. So my goal is to do it tonight right after this now. And again, maybe only eight days late. <laughs> I think last month I was like really, really prompt and I got it out like on the first or second or something just based on good timing for like the day of the week that it fell on or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last week I just totally forgot about it. So I now have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I like to get it out, uh, you know, first or second only because it's, it's a, I find it's a lot easier to write at this point. I'm mm. like, all right, what happened, you know, already right. in November that I'm not going to put in the October update. And it's just like mm-hmm. a lot more confusing. I know it, yeah, yeah, it really should just be like an end of month <laughs> thing. As soon yeah. as it comes, you just got to crank it out. The same exact thing. I also, I don't know how you feel about like the metrics and the reporting as well. I know that some of that's probably automated through visible, which maybe I should just pull the trigger and, use and connect and whatnot. But I really only look at a couple of my like core metrics once a month when I send out the advisor update, but also because I send it out a couple days late or like a week late, then like grabbing those reports are a little bit harder because I have to like change the default settings and then like do some calculations of like, okay, you know, here's where my convert kit list was number was at, you know, on the first and now it's the eighth. So like, so like, go to a different view and then grab that number. And then, you know, same thing with website visitors and members and like automatically generates a screenshot, uh, for, for like the, the last member count. And, but it's, it's live and it updates live on the page. Right. So on the first, I can go and see like what that number is, but I don't really have like a historical view <laughs> of what it is. <laughs> so I'll have to like go through like, the way back machine or something or just use the last number that I saw because that's the the one that I know. Um, anyways. Yeah, no, I've definitely had that problem in the past. Uh, some of that is solved through visible and it automatically pulling in the metrics and cutting it off at the right date. Uh, and some of it's just like some of the more annoying ones I just got rid of, um, that I was doing manually. So, Yeah. definitely easier to just do it on the first (laughs) but hard to be that disciplined easier i know well the funny part too is that it's a once you send it out on the eighth right then the next time you go to do it on the first you're like geez i feel like i just wrote this right so it like it makes it easier to fall back into doing it a little bit later right then you're just perpetually behind unfortunately how how many people are on your uh, like newsletter list for that update. It's a pretty small group. Um, I don't even know the exact number. Somewhere between five and seven. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe I've invited too many people. I don't know. I, no, I, know. I think I, I wish I invited more. I think there's no downside. Okay. Um, but yeah, I haven't for some reason. Yeah. I think I have 20 three on the list i want to say and it's been useful getting feedback yeah uh from a few people you know here and there overall i think that like half the people open it um which is totally fine people don't need to read all of them yeah uh but it's nice knowing some people read it and that it's important and hopefully useful even if not just for myself you know helping like do some inception and advisors get their brain working and, you know, create those, those moments where they can give good advice and have all the context that they, that they need. 
Yeah, no, I, I find obviously sending mine is, is very helpful. And, um, there's a few like yours that, that I receive and it's always helpful to read through them as well. Yeah. I always look forward to, to reading yours. They're a lot of fun <laughs> to read. And, um, uh, it's always fun going through like, Ooh, what's, what's MR going to be at this month? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, should be in your inbox now. So it's fun. Can't wait. Yeah. Some nightly reading. <laughs> well, what's new? How things going? Yeah, things are, things are going well. We, uh, shipped an update last week, which was fun. Uh, it was a new, uh, a new feature for the search. So now we have uh, search word highlighting. Uh, so this is like mm. a toggleable. I'm not going to even try to say that again. Toggleable, <laughs> toggleable, <laughs> toggleable uh, option for the JetBoost search. If someone wants to turn it on, um, basically it just automatically highlights the user search terms in the results. Um, it was cool because it, it got more of a reception than I expected. Uh, this wasn't necessarily really? a feature that people were, yeah, that, you know, th- there wasn't a ton of, I would say, people banging on the door looking for this. Um, we, we've heard it a few times before. Uh, but really, I don't know. We just, the reason we built it was we had this inspiration for the, uh, we also released a, a clonable template last week, um, an FAQ template. And, I don't know. We're just like, it'd be really cool if you could like highlight the words and the results. And we've seen a few customers do it manually with JetBoost and then writing a bunch of custom JavaScript. And yeah, I don't know. The reception turned out really good. Got some nice emails and Twitter comments and DMs and all of that. So uh, that felt really good. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys, uh, you guys keep cranking out like no brainer stuff. We're like, oh, duh. Like, wow, that's amazing. Never would have thought about that. But like, obviously super helpful and like useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where, uh, again, it's, it's something that was like possible to do before, but quite a lot of work. And now it's just, Oh yeah. Flip the switch and, uh, you're good to go. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Those are my favorite. You hear those good reception too. It's always fun. Like actually hearing people's thoughts and feedback and if they like it or not, if it's cool, And I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, you know, unsolicited support is like such a good, like, uh, not like metric, but you know, just like source of feedback to get where it's like, you didn't, people went out of their way to tell you that they like it or that it's awesome or to thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Super nice. And yeah, I think one of the challenges on the product side with JetBoost over time has been figuring out, you know, do we build new products um, or do we go back and improve the existing ones and add new abilities to the existing ones and finding the right balance there uh, hasn't always been easy, but it's always a good reminder when we go back and improve the existing stuff that like people are paying attention and noticing that and appreciating that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And the, uh, the other good thing was we, we talked about this last week on the pod and I said maybe it would take two weeks, uh, but we got to use our new update widget to post uh, the JetBoost update. <laughs> I yeah, love it. So we, we got that installed and you can now go to updates.jetboost.io and see the whole history that we're, we're starting to build. Amazing. So the, the whole history as of... Like two weeks ago As of, or like a week ago, yeah. right? Two updates okay. ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Um, and we did figure out how to link directly to one of the updates. I see we that did. now actually. Using yep. Headway. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was one of the things I was like, how is this not a thing? But it, it is a thing. It's just not super obvious. Um, yeah. From the start. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I kept... That's right. I do remember now that that's how it works. Um, I kept wanting to click on the title as like right. a link. Right. Uh, and or like, for some reason, like the new... Like, you can you know, you can like tag certain things 
uh, like new or like improvement or, um, I don't know. There's like a couple of different like categories for updates. I kept wanting to click on that as like some sort of link to an update or like a list of updates. And that's not a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The updates widget is interesting. It's, uh, I think it's another one of those things that I was a little too stubborn on and, and was just like, eh, whatever. Nobody, nobody really cares. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I actually got an email over the weekend where someone was like, Hey, I saw you, uh, you released a, a silent update or, or maybe I didn't notice it before where we can now do search highlighting. And I was like, Oh man, like they just like came across this in the app and uh-huh. we haven't added the update widget into the app yet. It's only on the public website. Um, mm-hmm. So that made me realize like, okay, yeah, especially with a product like Jetboost where there are like lots of little features and enhancements hidden around, like it is nice to have this stream of updates. And one of my to-dos to to finish up today is to get that update widget into the app as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So whether someone's logged in or not logged in, they still have a place to view it. Um, Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more valuable than I think I initially have realized for yeah for a while now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well speedy stuff man i mean good on you guys for uh get that out so quick and implemented and uh and release um so i think like you said last week you joked that maybe you know in the next week and they were like oh maybe two weeks but <laughs> it was like the next day i feel like you just started cranking away and getting it up and running yeah yeah, Noah's super excited about it, and he wrote both the updates, which was really cool. Um, so, yeah, we're I feel like we're we're getting in a pretty good groove right now, uh, which has been really nice. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I have, <laughs> there's one more thing on the product side, but I think I'm gonna uh, keep that keep that top secret for now. Uh, okay. Did some, some interesting. interesting experiments last week. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I know what's related to, but yeah, we'll chat about it yeah. time. Interesting. Um, yeah, really though. Uh, other than that, that's, that was pretty much my week. Cool. Yeah. I've had a pretty, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Now we, we both have a top secret thing, but last week again, my week was mostly consumed with, top secret project. Uh, should I really have like a code name for it or something <laughs> so that it sounds more coherent, but, um, continued progress on that. And this week should have some sort of like material, um, things to show for related to it. Anyways, I should be able to talk about it more publicly in like the next month or maybe, yeah, we'll probably take a break for like Thanksgiving. So like maybe by like, you know, the, the update after next week, then I can talk about a little bit more. Um, nice. but it has to do with swi files and that's going, it's going well. And so far the reception to it, has been, it's been really good. Uh, but that's been taking up just like a lot of, it's just a kind of a manual time sucking activity. Uh, not super creative. It's kind of just cranking away. So I'm going through a lot of podcasts <laughs> as a byproduct. Uh, mm. like a lot of podcasts, like eight hours a day of podcasts, basically, which is also <laughs> fun. But, um, yeah. Anyways, last week so I also you're, got you're rejected like by Seth Godin. And listening. Sorry. Yeah. You're yeah. working and listening yeah. to podcasts. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things where like, it doesn't require any creative thought okay. at all. That's crazy. So yeah, I just kind of like crank away and man, I've gone through, you know, Tim Ferriss episodes and, um, all in podcast episodes, indie hackers episodes, invest like the best episodes, um, not investment advice episodes, a couple of, I've been, uh, sort of cranking away at a couple of those other, uh, Nick Huberman podcasts, Huberman lab podcasts episodes as well, which are like, you know, hour to two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of <laughs> nuts, but wow. you know, when you have mindless work to do, you know, no other choice. I, you know, if I listen to music, I'd be bored on my brain. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to get Seth Godin on as one of my last episodes for the year. And so I replied to that same email thread that I reached out to him for on last year. Uh, cause I told him, Hey, you know, once I hit 50, I'll reach out again. So I was like, Hey Seth, I'm at 50. Here's the proof. I'd love to have you on if you have time, you know, before the end of the year. And he was very kind. And he basically said, Hey Corey, uh, I'm scaling back on podcasts. Not a great use of my time right now. You know, sorry, but I keep great making great work. And so gave him a thumbs up, took it on the chin. A little yeah. bit of a, of a bummer since I've been like anticipating this for so long now. And I was like, Okay, right. this is Seth's rule. Once he has fifty, I get it. I totally get it. A bummer, but um, no Seth Godin on everything is marketing. Unfortunately, yeah, that's definitely a bummer. When you reached out to him last year, he was the one that said, "Once you hit fifty episodes, then get back to me." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, just bad timing, unfortunately. Right. Not super surprising because I think his rule was. Well, no, actually, that doesn't make any sense. I was say once his his rule was once a hundred that I heard from someone else, and then he said fifty, so it seemed like he was he wanted to go on more and more podcasts. Um, but I think maybe he's found that you know it takes a lot of time. Of course, everyone and anyone wants his attention, and as podcasts become more and more popular, then he sort of has to pick and choose, and maybe not do you know do them more in like batches, like once he has a new book or something like that, go on the big ones and. Mm-hmm. That probably, you know, gets in the the lion's share of the results that he's actually looking for, rather than spending hours and hours and hours on small podcasts that don't move the needle the needle very much. Yeah. Hmm. For people like him, right? I think for most other people, <laughs> you got to just grind it out and go on as many podcasts as you can. He's, um, that's actually, that's one of the things I wanted to ask him about was, you know, Seth at your stage of your life in your career with the amount of sort of fame and, you know, notability that you have these days, you know, he's not on social media. He publishes his email newsletter every day. He's very selective about the things that he does and things that he spends time on, you know, is that something that other people can model or is it something that's like a privilege for you at this stage because you're so, you know, you don't have to grind it out or like be everywhere like everyone else does. Um, and I think maybe that him like rejecting me is kind of answering that question. <laughs> like, Nope, I can only, I only have to go on Tim Ferriss and you know, the big podcasts make my round. Like I'm Seth Godin. Everyone's going to read my book anyways. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because that exact thought came to my mind. Like, do you think it's possible someone starting out today can basically go the route he's gone where it's like, you only have your personal newsletter, your personal blog, you have no social media. Is that possible or is it too hard to get the distribution now? Yeah, there's no way. No way. That's Not crazy. even close. And really like Seth Godin, um, at this point, like he doesn't need to get more famous. Like what would it even mean for him to grow his audience? Mm-hmm. Like he already has a ginormous audience and like, I don't really know how he would even measure sort of how his audience grows and what that does for him personally or for his businesses or his ventures. Like basically any, everything now is like a product. He doesn't need to do any more like marketing quote unquote. Uh, I think like, even the the newsletter isn't really like a marketing thing for him. It's more just like a building in public or thinking in public exercise. Like this is, he's just like his raw and filtered thoughts. It's really just for himself. And then, you know, once every other year he like packages up his latest thoughts into a book. He might, you know, have a new venture. He might have a new course or program or talk that he turns it into. But like at this stage, really, it's just all about like the product of Seth Godin, you know? Yeah. But it's funny that he, I mean, it almost sounds like he has his own like personal Twitter. Like he uses it kind of like how people use Twitter to, you know, share their thoughts and ideas that they're ruminating on and build off of there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he can command that. He's like, I'm Seth Godin. Yeah. You want a part of me? <laughs> Subscribe to my newsletter. Like, I'm yeah. not going to be on social media. Like, you come to me, <laughs> punk. 
<laughs> yeah. So I do wonder, because I feel like everything is marketing is so different from most podcasts because of the extensive amount of research you do, the way you always surprise the guests with your questions. And, um, you know, I would imagine someone like him, like he probably goes on a lot of podcasts and basically tells the same stories over and over. I wonder if you could do the same sort of prep that you always do and then email him like, I don't know, three of the questions or something that you're like, just to see if you could mm-hmm. tempt him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe get like an email reply or something. I, I actually thought about my pitch. I was like, maybe I should ask, like list a couple of the questions. To, like you said, to show that yeah. like I'm doing my homework. These are not your same cookie cutter questions. Although it's kind of hard because I don't know all the questions he's been asked. Like the guy who's been on a bazillion podcasts and on a bazillion interviews. So like, I can't really know if what I'm asking is truly unique. That's kind of, you know, it's unique to me in that I feel like I haven't heard them answered some other place or way or time. So I ended up not doing that, but yeah, maybe that would have made a difference or maybe now that still could. It's possible. Yeah. I think he kind of has his mind made up though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. But, um, otherwise last week I also spent a lot of time on course content creation for a marketing, like a media company, which has been really fun. It's man, making a course is such a big task. Uh, even more than just the, like, uh, content creation truly side of things. It's like, you know, creating the, like the slides for the presentations and then like organizing all the research and like mapping out how the course works together, more like planning and like logistical part of creating a course. Like I forgot how, how much time that takes. Mm. I think on Thursday I spent like literally just like an hour, like rearranging slides. (laughs) It's like, okay, this piece of research can go over here. This can be reused this way. I'm going to copy this one. Like, change this one thing for this one over here. Oh, actually I should put this one before that one because then it'll sort of like be like the introduction to this piece of content. Like, Oh, actually I want to use this piece of research for this one instead of that one. And yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's I, for me personally, it's easier than like writing a blog post. Cause it's a little bit more like off the cuff you're sort of creating an outline and then I'm sort of just like talking based on these prompts that I'm giving myself. Uh, but I'm noticing like, I'm like, okay, it's November. Now we're on the first week of November. Like I need to start <laughs> publishing. <laughs> like, let's, let's get content out the door, especially since my goal has been, has been to start publishing some of this content before black Friday, summer Monday, so mm-hmm. that I can create more anticipation for what's to come and to incentivize people to sign up to receive more of this content in the future. So I'm like, man, I need to really, you know, start getting the groove here of publishing like two a week. I don't know, maybe even more three a week, at least for a little while. Just like really create some of this anticipation. Um, but it's a lot. Cause also I don't want to, you know, ideally I'd like to drip this out a little bit more so I don't burn out my, my email list on like all of the, every single time I create something new blasting it out every time this is kind of on my thoughts last week about the change log for swipe files and like a creator type business. It's like, you know, when you create new content, there's like an interesting, you, you have to think about product marketing the same way. Like what deserves the big announcement? What deserves a smaller announcement? Where does that smaller announcement live? And like, how do you communicate that? You know, there has to be some sort of like spectrum of, you know, for small things, where does this go for big things? Where does that go? Uh, anyways, I, I think I did, I'm, I'm overthinking it a little bit, but I just need to start publishing more <laughs> on the course and, uh, and just get it out there. So yeah. that's my, my public declaration 
that I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can <laughs> to get more content out there, but my, my own self-imposed, you know, deadlines and sort of pressure, but, uh, sooner the better for my audience as well. And business goals, revenue goals, member goals. Do you view it as sort of like a work in public thing or are you viewing it differently from that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, not really because I'm only showing like the finished product basically. Um, but yes, in the sense of like, I'm going to be publishing the content as I go rather than all at once, which is more like the traditional kind of course launch, uh, model. Of course, I'll like do like the official launch once everything, all the content's there, but I'll be sort of dripping out new content as it comes as well. So it's, I don't know, a yes and a no. Okay. So, yeah, because what comes to mind uh, for me is like how Michelle Hansen wrote her book, Deploy Empathy. Yeah. First as a newsletter and, you know, some of the newsletter ended up being like different chapters or whatever. It's, is that kind of what you're doing or not quite? I think the like true work in public version of this would be to host every one of these as like a live webinar or workshop and then mm. like take the recordings and just like upload that as the course content. Um, but I couldn't really do it as like a newsletter version because like I said, that would be like more time really just cause like the editing part of the equation. Like, I don't know. It, it takes less time for me to publish like a, a workshop webinar than it is a blog post because I feel like a blog post takes a lot more editing and organization, like refined thought where you're really articulating things well. And when you're like talking to a camera, you can be a lot more rough around the edges and use, you can rely more heavily on like visual illustrations and examples. Um, so yeah, a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But otherwise I'm like, I'm really excited to get this course content out to out there. Like I'm super, super stoked to get it out. I haven't like talked about it very much on Twitter. I haven't really marketed it a ton to the newsletter besides when I sort of mentioned it in, you know, the price increase emails or like changes the membership where I talked about, you know, switching to my focus back to SAS and how the membership was going to go up and sort of tease this idea of marketing like a media company course but um, I'm really, really stoked about the content itself. I think it's, I think it's top shelf. And of course, I'm, I'm biased, but I think it's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also a trend that's becoming more popular. Where SaaS companies are acting more like media companies, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, really hoping that it sort of like taps in some of the, into some of the like zeitgeist of you know, marketing Twitter or like just the marketing world or SaaS world in general right now, where it's like, we're, we're very early innings in this trend and more and more people are sort of like, yeah, how do you do that? And like, what does that look like? And then it's like, bam, here's like everything you need to know. Here's like all the strategy and tactics, everything packaged in one course, one track. And that can be like a source of just sort of organic referrals and people talking about it and referring to one another and, um, sort of like uh, authoritative or like definitive place to put people satiate their curiosity about this trend. That's cool. Yeah. Who do you see as the audience for it? Like other marketers or SaaS yeah, founders? I think, or? I think it, it more heavily uh, probably caters to like marketers in SaaS companies rather than SAS founders or like people who just do the marketing and wear the marketing hat. Um, and I'm also hoping to like, I think that that's like a growing, uh, or like I need more of those type of people or I want more, more of those type of people. I have lots of indie hackers, lots of like entrepreneurs in my sort of network and sphere and in, in swipe files. And like, I think refactoring growth is, is pretty like, I feel really good about, referring that content to early stage founders who are like you need to do the marketing yourself or this is at least how you should think about things so you can hire someone or like hire agencies or freelancers to do these things for you. Um, 
I think it's also good training for SaaS marketers. But when you think about like new content and like, this is like, you know, an innovative thing for SaaS marketers, mm-hmm. like not as applicable to SaaS founders. Cause it's not really maybe what they're thinking about. And it's a little bit more for like growing not later stage companies, but you know, it's definitely not like a zero to one kind of playbook or strategy, right? right? It's definitely like a, a one to 10, which is normally for like a, a marketer or, you know, some sort of like marketing leader, even if that's still the founder. Right. But they're sort of wearing the CMO hat, hiring people. And, uh, so yeah, that's definitely more who it caters to. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I mean, I would at least have one piece of one thing published by the next time we talk. (laughs) If not, please ask me why I have not, because I should, I have a couple of them done. I just need to go and record them now. Uh, and I'll be boxing out more time this week to actually go and record and work on this content. But that's like the number one thing. Um, otherwise two other things really quick. Um, I'm, I was like, wow, it's also November. I need to really like push on this premium sponsorship thing that I've been talking about a little bit and experimenting with. I think I mentioned, I have two companies who I've been talking about it with who I feel pretty good about, especially one, but I have this whole list of companies who I think would be a great fit that I really haven't like done a lot of direct outreach to. And so I'm like, okay, I need to like definitely this week that needs to get out because in order to get that done and recruit the right end of people and do the outreach and get everything wrapped up by the end of the year. Like it's crunch time, you know, before Christmas, like that's coming up soon and, uh, time is fickle. So that's one of the other things I'll be focusing on this week is just getting that out there. Um, and starting those conversations, at least, you know, like it's not something that's going to happen overnight, right? Like I can't leave it to December to start doing this really. It needs to get done right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to the end of last year uh, when I was pushing to release both the the pagination mm. booster and the switch or well, the addition of uh, bundle subscriptions. I was just like, right. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't want to be doing that the last week of the year. I can tell you from yeah. experience. <laughs> <laughs> Not fun. Not fun. Yeah. Um, one other thing to, to talk about, nothing really like actionable here, but uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. But John Young Fuka, indie hacker, I hope I'm pronouncing his his name right. But he wrote a tweet that went like, you know, sort of viral on a small scale um, about SaaS marketing. And so we chatted about it, you know, when we met last week a little bit. But um, I don't know, it's just so interesting. He said someone should really write a book or course about SaaS marketing. Something simple, like here's a hundred things you can try. It's the number one question I get asked. Everyone knows how to build an app, and no, nobody knows what to do after that point. And uh, I don't know. It was, one, it was like a good reminder of like, yeah, you know what? Swifels is in a good market. Like this is like a good, you know, a lot of people do need this stuff. <laughs> like I'm on the right track, or at least like in the right space. Um. But then you know we were sort of talking about like what do you what should I do about this? Um, I think what I'm going to do is. I'm going to really invest more into tiny marketing ideas because I think that's one of the things I expressed to you last week was that I think it's, it's one of those things where it's what people want, but not really what they need, but you still have to give people what they want. And then you can tell them (laughs) what they need. I'm not a huge fan of like try a bazillion things and then find the three things that work after, you know, after who knows how long, right. I like to be more methodical and sort of strategic about it using, frameworks and just like general knowledge about what works and doesn't work for your market or your price point or type of app that you have. Uh, but I think that this is what people want. <laughs> so you have to do something about that. And tiny marketing ideas, I think is a good, you know, like build out that catalog, maybe turn it into some sort of like book later on. That's like fairly easy to consume. Um, but also I think like eventually a book is on the roadmap. Um, something like, you know, founding marketing, or I don't know, mm-hmm. early stage marketing or zero to one. I don't know. Uh, something like that is again, one of those things where 
it can be like a product and and a marketing play where people would buy it obviously wouldn't be like the main revenue driver for me maybe like a you know an extra but also like great lead gen for the swipe house membership <laughs> as well it's like hey if you really want more of this and you know using the book is basically an entry point uh to the membership. So I don't know when that'll happen. Definitely not now, maybe, I don't know, a year from now or something like that, but, um, good kind of validation that something like that might be useful for people. Yeah. No, I, when I first read this tweet, tiny marketing ideas like immediately came to my mind as, uh, you know, the answer to this. And I, I think it's a no brainer for you to eventually package all those up as a book um because yeah right now if somebody does want to get access to the entire list of tiny marketing ideas you sign up for the newsletter and <laughs> then you get one a day so uh mm-hmm. if you want to binge it all then um buy the book that will exist one day right right yeah yeah and actually there is like the whole catalog is in the swipe house membership in circle so you can like go back through the archive and search for stuff and save it, bookmark it, whatever you want to do. Um, another incentive to, to join as a member, but also, yeah, I think just like a book format is so useful. Like that's just one of the best ways people like to consume information. And so it seems like a no brainer to provide it that way. And speaking of things that get like good unsolicited feedback, like people really love it. <laughs> I get replies. <laughs> to the newsletters as they're dripped out um like every day like oh this is i'm like reading through a couple right now in my inbox i need to respond to your content is crazy good like perhaps a post about this as well like would love to hear about this oh this is such a great idea templates are big in my field i have a metric ton of files to use that i should really go and like create as templates thanks for the idea um hey core i really love these wondering if there's a location for all these listed out. <laughs> so like, um, I don't know. It, it feels like one of those things where it's like, yes, there's some like product market fit for this content. Like we should like do more of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. Uh, yeah. I'm on, I'm on the mailing list. I read it every day and it's like always, even if it's not something that applies to jet boost or something that I'd be interested in doing, like it's still interesting to read. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think for you, it is also like an idea generator because you get so many replies to it and people wanting other totally. things. And yeah, it's uh yeah, that's, that's definitely something awesome that you've done. Yeah. 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 I was thinking the other day, I was like, why, I don't know. Why didn't I start with this? <laughs> this is such an easy thing <laughs> to do. Like now in hindsight, it just seems like not such a no brainer. Cause I think one of the really like important things that happens when people read through them is they get to know like how my brain works and like mm. what's out there and what's possible. And I just like keep showing like tip of the iceberg stuff. And it's such an easy ask to be like, all right, if you really want more of this, if you really want more tactical stuff, like, get the membership, go through the courses, like really dig your sink your teeth into the more meaty content here. And it's just proof It's proof of work. Like, you know, my Twitter feed is like, I don't know. It's not exactly like that. You like sort of get glimpses of that, but this is just like a fire hose of, you know, Corey's brain on SAS marketing. And so I don't know. It's just like a, in, in hindsight now, it seems like a very obvious way to get people to know me, build rapport, and then ultimately convert them into members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's tricky because you know so much. Like it's, I don't want to say it's surface level because it's not, um, but it's like you said, it's the tip of the iceberg and you have yeah. all the depth of knowledge beneath that. Um, but sometimes people are looking for like the quick win when you want to give them like the full explanation and the theory and all of that. And, uh, yeah, so I can understand why this wasn't like the first thing that you did. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. Like, uh, 
it goes back to that, that saying like, it, well, I think the, the product advice is like, um, I don't know. People will tell you what they need, what they want, but you know, it's your job to create what they need or something like that, but you have to market it in a way or like have some sort of way to still give people what they want. And then also like, it's, I don't know. It's not like a mutually exclusive idea. And, um, so like the course is like, you know, the course is the video content. Like that's really what people need. I'm even skeptical about like how like tactically helpful you can be just through text and through like a book or through, I don't know, just like it in written form. Like I believe in like consuming video content. I think that's like ultimately the best, most actionable way that people are going to use something like this. But I also need to give people what they need or what they want, which is something like tiny marketing ideas, which is something like even like the main newsletter, just like, Hey, here's the tip of the iceberg. Here's ideas. Here's like a list. Here's our, you know, here's like a, um, you know, a, a database or a table of idea. Like that's just what people want. And, and then you can introduce them to what they need, but, um, you can't, I don't know if I just, if I just stayed there with what people want, then I would have all, you know, nowhere to really point people to. And there wouldn't really be like a paid version of tiny marketing ideas. Like that doesn't make like a ton of, a ton of sense. And at the same time, I think what I found in the past as well is that just selling the courses is hard because it's, it's a big leap going from this guy seems to know what he's talking about with SaaS marketing to, I'm going to invest hundreds of dollars into going through hours and hours and hours of like intense, very, uh, comprehensive video content. You know, you need that bridge in between. Totally. Yeah. I think it's awesome yeah. too. That the other thing you, Oh yeah. Sorry, I was going to say it. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing that's awesome that you got out of this tweet was just that sort of this reminder of how difficult this is for so many people. Mm. And like you said, the size of the market and, uh, that there's still just so many people out there that you can help. Uh, that's, that's always a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was, um, I, I'm not really sure like how to communicate this best through spy files, but I got a DM from, uh, Louis Grenier, who's the differentiation guru and, um, and how to stand out. And he was like, Hey, got your email about, you know, swipe files. I think it's super smart that you're focusing on SAS and, you know, I'm all here for it. And he's like, also you should like make it even more pointed and focus on like early stage SAS marketing. He was like, you know, think about it. Like, do you really like have advice or do you like talking to people about, you know, companies trying to IPO? And I was like, Oh, not really. Like I've never <laughs> been there. I don't, you know, to me, that's just like, do more of the same and mm -hmm. like scale it. I don't know. <laughs> like it's not as like obvious or like fun to talk about for me. So, and also there are just inherently a lot more early stage founders and marketing teams. And there are later stage, like hyper growth, blood scaling, you know, startups who are about to IPO or post IPO. And so like the market is larger at the bottom end. Um, which is right where True. I want to be. So I'm not, yeah, I need to, to still chew on like how to communicate that. I feel like through the ideas that I have, the way that I present myself and sort of what the content is, maybe it sort of implies that it's more for like early stage, but like how do you even really define early stage? Like, I don't know, zero to 1 million error or zero to 10 million error. Like that's kind of like, the range that I like to play in. Um, but maybe there's more things I can do to be clear about that. I'm not sure. Yeah. I wonder if you could think about it, maybe not in terms of revenue, but I don't know, like marketing maturity of the company. Hmm. So like, you know, in the very beginning, founder led marketing, uh, product launch led marketing. Like I feel like Jetboost is still a little bit on that track where most of our marketing <laughs> comes from launching new features and putting new stuff out there. 
Um, so still kind of like pretty early stage, but yeah, maybe there's some sort of spectrum that might apply. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I really like the, I like the founder led marketing, the first marketing hire, and then like, you know, first marketing team type stages in a company. Mm-hmm. Um, where like founder led is, you know, zero to one. How do we get to like the first $10,000 in MRR? And then like first marketing hire is kind of like that 10 to a hundred MRR stage. And then like first marketing team is kind of that, you know, hundred thousand dollar plus MRR, sort of that one to $10 million a year SaaS company range. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, like, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't have experience. I don't think I don't have anything to add. I don't know. Not yeah. really what I nerd out about. Yeah. I think it's good to know that. And maybe you should be more aggressive with the differentiation since that's yeah. what you want to do right now. Yeah. I just like have it. I like subtly mention it in a couple of places, like on the membership page in my little like letter sort of introducing swipe files. Uh, I talk about whether you're going from zero to 1000, one hundred thousand or a hundred thousand to a million dollars in MRR. You know, I know that swipe files can help you get to your next milestone. And then like similarly, I've sort of like said that or mentioned it in the newsletter in a couple of places. So again, it's not like a, a ginormous part of the messaging or positioning, but it's, it's there, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You have to change your, uh, your chart for want your MRR to look like this, uh, <laughs> change it to start from zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a real hockey stick sort of, yeah. You know, zero to ten million dollars in error <laughs> over like a ginormous time span. Yeah, I'll have to think about the best way to to actually show that. ConvertKit would be a good uh, graph to pull from, mm. mm-hmm. but it's actually not that interesting to look at because it's just like <laughs> total consistent linear growth over you know a long time, basically the last eight years or seven years, however long it's been. Yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts on your end? Um, I have one random topic. If you, if you want to chat about it, if you don't have anything else. Yeah. So have you heard of this company called YNAB stands for you need a budget.com? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a personal budgeting mobile app, right? Yes. Have you ever used it or no? Um, I think I gave it a run for like a month. Okay. And I, yeah, I, I loved the concept in practice. I really hate all things like budgeting and accounting, (laughs) (laughs) whether it's business or personal, it's just, I sort of avoid it, but, um, yeah, familiar for sure. Yeah. So I was, I used to be really into it and I kind of stopped using it in the last few years. Um, but I started using it before it was a SaaS app. It was just a Mm. like desktop download app, uh, I don't even know when they started sometime, maybe like around 2010, maybe earlier. Um, but it's been around for a long time. It's been around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's always been a pretty small team. Really, uh, let's say they've had a very loyal customer base over the years. That's like, uh, uh, just like strong, uh, advocates for the product. Um, and so, when they made the switch from desktop app to SaaS service app, uh, they gave the longtime users basically, uh, you know, a discount, like uh, legacy pricing type thing. Um, and they kept that for a long time. Well, last week they sent out an email titled reminder. Why price change? And I'm hmm. like, hmm, what is this? Now, I'm, I've still been, again, because I had like the old legacy pricing, like I just never canceled it, even though I haven't used it in two or three years. It's like 50 bucks a year. Um, hmm. And basically in this email, they say, uh, you know, we've, we've kept you on this old pricing for a while, but uh, we're changing that now and you're being bumped up to the normal pricing. 
uh, oh. which, which they're also increasing. Uh, and so it's basically going from 50 bucks a year to like 99 a year. Uh, hmm. So double the price and takes effect December 1st. Oh. And the, yeah. And the email was titled Reminder when it was the first email they've ever sent. What? Yeah. You, they, you didn't get any other email before that. There was a in-app notification, but I'm logged in in two years. So. Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. No. So anyways, uh, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is, number one, I think someone should do a case study on how not to raise your prices on existing customers. Uh, oh, my gosh. Because there is like, uh, I was reading a little bit about it over the weekend. There's just like a revolt going on in the community. Uh, they've, they've got like a pretty big subreddit. Um, it's just Reddit. Slash yeah. YNAB. Uh, they've, you know, they've got forums, they got all this stuff and like people are not happy at all. And like, I, I will never fault any company for raising its prices. Like I still think it's well worth a hundred dollars a year. Um, but it was enough incentive for me to stop paying a $50 a year subscription that I'm not using. I was like, okay, well yeah. I don't use this anymore. So I'm going to cancel it. Like <sighs> I, I never thought about the, the legacy pricing as like, Again, just looking at my own behavior, it, I didn't want to lose that, so I kept paying it, which is kind of funny, even though I wasn't using it. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, it was it was not well done. I will say. Oh man, it pains me to hear. It's just like it's so like easily avoidable. Yeah. Like just don't. I don't know. Like follow the, the rules. Like I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's like give people so a long notice. And try not to two exit overnight. Um, and yeah, like send out a series of emails, not just one like abrupt email. Right. Well, yeah. When like, don't send out a reminder email if there hasn't <laughs> been anything previously. I don't know. Yeah. That seems crazy. I don't like, what's the rush? You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird when you sort of just like arbitrarily like pick this like urgent date. And then they're like, everyone quick, <laughs> the, the, cancel, you know, like, geez, Louise, you're forcing people to make this like rash decision. Right. And you're sending out these negative signals. Like it's coming up soon and it's doubling and we're removing your legacy discount and, 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 and it's like, whoa, I don't know. Yeah. What, what was your, so wait, you had a legacy discount. Uh, and they're removing it, but was the legacy discount for $50 a year or even less? Uh, yeah, it was for $50 a year. Yeah. Now it's going to like, and so, but what is it? What was it normally? Like what should have, should you have been paying? Oh, should have been paying 84 a year. So it's going from 84 to 99 for, uh, yeah. Anyone who wasn't on the legacy pricing. Interesting. I see. But there's probably a, a good amount of people who were on the legacy pricing. A lot of people. A lot of people. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yikes. Man. It, yeah. The the other problem is, um, I think a, <laughs> I think as far as customer bases go, one that I would not be envious of is, uh, People who are <laughs> budgeting every single dollar. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, which like, yeah, oh, they're going to be pretty price conscious. Exactly. I mean, oh, got to be like extra careful for yeah that type of person, that market. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of sucks too. Cause like, again, I was a huge fan for a long time. It was an awesome app. Um, for me, the shortcoming was like, it was a lot easier to use as a single person than um, it, it's like it very much is like a single player app. It's it's hard to use with right. anyone else. Um, so, but yeah, and budgeting is it's definitely a chore. <laughs> hard to hard to stay disciplined with it once you get off track. Man, that sucks. It's uh, I remember like one of the other sort of like infamous case studies was Drip after that got acquired mm. by lead pages. And then it was maybe like a year later 
and they're making this whole shift to really focus on e-commerce and then like rebranding and repositioning and everything. And then there's an email that went out on like, I don't know. It was like the end of December, like during the holidays. And it was like January 15th, the price is going up by like three <laughs> X for some people. And then it was like, you know, good luck to find something else if you really want to, or like, you know, buckle up and pay. I don't know if they, if they removed legacy discounts or not either, but, um, there was, I remember there was a huge kind of revolt from that as well. Uh, I don't like so easily avoidable. I also just feel like, man, this is one of the other reasons why like really shouldn't give like forever <laughs> legacy discounts. Hmm. I, I tell people like, I don't know, give people like a five year discount, but like put an expiration date on it. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It could be for however long you want. Just like, don't make it forever because then you're locked in and you have no flexibility. You have no other options if you really needed to. And, um, and then for all these sort of like changes, it just complicates things so much. That's probably why they ended up removing it. Cause they were like, well, okay, we're going to increase the price but we've given people these discounts and it works this way. So we need to remove this, this, the discount in order to like get adoption and like actually get people actually like successfully make the the price change and it just complicates everything. Yeah. Yeah. There was some confusion as well around like, it seemed like they had called it a lifetime discount at one point Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Again, it's like all like psychology and stuff. To then have that taken away, people are are extremely upset. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting that's the whole some um, sort of. What's the uh, oh loss aversion? One of the mental mm-hmm. models for marketing. People hate losing stuff way yeah. more than <laughs> gaining the same thing. So just don't give something away that you don't. You wouldn't want people to really feel attached to if you had to take it yeah. away. Oh man, it's painful. It's so hard because I feel like these days it's like pretty, I don't know, lifetime discounts and a lot of like coupons just in general aren't like used very much in SaaS these days. I can imagine back in 2010, that was like a very like widespread Mm -hmm. tactic, right? And it was like very normal and no one really blinked an eye at it. And it's pretty unfortunate that now, 11 years later, they're gonna gonna really like feel the pain of all those decisions years ago yeah yeah and i honestly think like it'll end up working out for them like i'm sure revenue will increase despite even if there's like a mass number of people canceling yeah um yeah it just like feels like did they it could have been rolled out better to not have to go through the like brand Mm-hmm. equity burning <laughs> i know i know at the end of the year too feels like are they trying to like boost their end of year numbers or reach source some sort of you know annual revenue goal hmm. and this is like a you know sort of rushed effort to to get there maybe it feels weird because i know i actually know someone who works there uh one of the barometrics engineers scott he actually created an app called sync for ynab that synced like a bunch of banks that weren't supported by YNAB natively. And he like made that bridge and it was actually a really successful side project. And then he ended up sort of getting like aqua hired and like hired, but then like they took his work and I think they maybe integrated it into the app and he sort of like shut it down over time. But anyways, um, I don't, I'm pretty sure they haven't raised VC. Like they've been around for a long time. One of the OG. So I don't know. It feels strange that they would do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I just brought it up because if anyone wants to do a pricing case study <laughs> on, on what not to do, uh, that's a good situation to look at right now. Well, I just wrote in my list of newsletter ideas in ConvertKit, how not to raise prices. Why not? <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> TBA on when that'll be uh, published, but, Look you know. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, any other ideas before um, we wrap up? No. Cool. Well, we'll have the link to the 
search highlights and the the FAQ clonable, the updates widgets, um, the uh, and the Johnny Youngfuk's tweet in the show notes, and we'll see you in the next one. And we'll see you in the next one.